0: and welcome to the Franchise Tag Podcast Hello. with me, your host, Freddie Hall, joined by Johnny and a special appearance tonight for Gareth. We've got a, uh, a birthday within the group. Happy birthday, Sky. He's gone out for a lovely dinner tonight, so he, he's uh, he's not available this evening. So Gareth, and main man behind the scenes, our main interviewer throughout the whole of the offseason. He did some fantastic interviews. Makai Blackman being the most recent one, a recent draft pick by the Minnesota Vikings. Make sure you go check that out online. And what a week one we've had. I mean... Hope your body clocks have reset. Now we know you know we've 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 back into NFL mode. It feels real now, doesn't it, lads? It feels like actual Stop. seasons begun. Even though you know there's some positives and negatives to take from it, which we'll discuss today. Uh, each of us bring a topic each week, and we'll discuss it. Um the tagline today: "A fall from grace for Joe Burrow." That is where we're going to head over to Gareth to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals and uh, a fall from grace. It was
1: it it was, and I think that obviously going into it, Joe had just been paid this massive contract, which we all thought to be fair he has deserves because he has been phenomenal last few years, and they were going into it, they were against a Browns team that you don't entirely know what you're going to get from sometimes, and they just went Mleh. all game like there was there was not a single there was oh, i think their defense at points kept the game respectable because don't get me wrong, the Sean Watson decided he was just going to randomly throw to a Bengals player at one point. Uh, and then there was a fumble. But other than that, there was just literally nothing from the offense at all. T Higgins didn't get a single catch all game. Like that killed far too many people's fantasies. I think that would have done. Uh, you got Joe Burrow, 82 passing yards. Mm. Like when has he ever thrown that few yards? Like it was just, all round an absolute washout between the weather and the performance. It's just one of those games that you do you do put it down potentially to week one blip, but this week they're coming into a, they're playing the Ravens in week two. If they go zero two, are they worrying this early on in the season? That's what I wonder.
0: Well, you We wonder if they are worrying because uh, uh, but then again, at the same time, are they? Because you look at the division, the Ravens come away with a win. The Steelers get absolutely the doors battered off of them by the San Francisco 49ers. But who isn't going to do by the 49ers this year, I think? And also the Browns beating them. You do then have to sort of look over the shoulder. And I think what they lacked is the Bengals team we have come to know and come to like like a lot. I know Bengals are quite close to you because your dad's a Bengals fan. So you keep a good eye on them as well as as your own Philadelphia Eagles. I'd say they're probably your AFC team, aren't they? I suppose. Um, They tend to get the the games by the scruff of the neck, don't they? And they Mm. seem to, most of the time, impose their will. And they certainly lacked that in this game, didn't they? they? It feels like they just didn't get to grips with... The style they want to play, even though they know the style they want to play. Because this team mm. they've had changes on defense and the offense this year, it is still the same sort mm. of guys there, right?
1: And it's when you even look down to I think Mixon had like about 50 odd yards as well. There was like there was no one from the offense that stood out. And I know obviously the, it was wet and Joe Burrow had to put a glove on and as I said, my dad's a big Bengals fan. He went, Joe Burrow hates wearing a glove. I'm like, that's not an excuse for a ridiculously bad performance. And that's what you can hear the excuses starting to come out already. Like he hates wearing gloves. It's like, if he do something else, try and do something else with your scheme. Like if, if your long balls aren't working, get some of the short stuff working, but it was literally their offence was a dud. And don't get me wrong, I think the Browns' defence is going to be better than what people think. With Jim Swartz's defensive coordinator, as an Eagles fan, I know that guy very, very well. I know how he likes to play. You've got players like Miles Garrett, who was an absolute nightmare all game. I know he only got the one sack, but he always seemed to be there or thereabouts around Joe Burrow. But I still was expecting a lot more from this Bengals offence. And I think I won't, you know, I think I literally pretty much everyone had them, most people had them down for a win for week one. And there's even some people on top of their power rankings and all sorts. Just to come out that flat, it was unbelievable.
0: Do you, um, with, with, with this loss, do you think there is a little bit of a margin of people of underestimated grounds? Because, I, w- I was on, um, for, for people who don't know, because we did plaster all over social media, I was on Talk Sport before the 49ers Steelers game, uh, talking about the 49ers Steelers. Big shout out to Will Varney who uh, had me on and interviewed to me and uh, thank you for anyone that listened and for the people that did listen to the support that they gave me as well, which is really very kind of you all. Um, and obviously, the FC North was brought up a lot and, and the one thing I said about the brand, the, the one question I got asked is, do people forget about the Steelers? Are they sort of a sleeping giant? that people uh, not uh, completely forget about them? I said, well, I think the Browns are like that as well. Uh, the Browns' defence does not get talked about enough as being a very good defence, and it is a very good defence, and it has been for a couple of years now. They've built up a really good, young amount of players there. It's just been the offence for there to complement it, and it has been a bit patchy, but absolutely having to show what's now in for a consistent year. They're bringing people like Amari Cooper, who's a very underrated receiver in the league and, and has been very a secure hands guy for a long time in Dallas. Um, do you think th- this maybe should – the conversation and the headline is going to be Bengals lose to the Browns, but is this the Browns beat the Bengals, really? Do we need to give more more, more gratification to, to the Browns team?
1: I think it's more that the Browns' defence beat the Bengals, because I don't think the offence performed that well. I think Deshaun Watson was serviceable. I'd say there was that interception where I was just like, I don't know, there wasn't a Browns player – Within like a ten yard circle of him, um, I think he, he he timed his runs well, and obviously that defense stepped up. I say Miles Garrett was great. You had Ward as well, who is a player that I'm a big fan of. I think is a very good player, and there's just I think their defense made it impossible for the Bengals to do anything. Which Jim Swartz defenses can be like that; they can. Because he's not a person who will blitz often, but he just gets that front four, all all just going crazy and literally putting that much pressure on QBs. I think it was a fantastic defensive performance by that defense. Mm.
0: Also, John, if you have any questions to <laughs> spring to your head, do you want to ask Gareth about the game? Feel free to to put in on me. But I, I will circle back to one thing you said about T. Higgins because I've just got the I got I want to see Jamar Chase's numbers as well. It's nine targets, five receptions, mm. thirty nine yards. Uh, T. Higgins, I don't think, with a single catcher out of the game. We saw that a lot around the league. Drake London, notably, as well. Not a single game. I mean, again, for fantasy (laughs) football, a killer with T. Higgins and Drake London, who a lot of people bad as their number one. Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard as well. Do you think this is just week one blip for a lot of these players and that we're going to see... You know the cream rise to the top. Yeah, it's like T Higgins are far too good to have a poor mm-hmm. season. Is this too is it a bit early? Day? would this be an overreaction Tuesday if we said T Higgins is gonna have a bad year or Joe Burrow's gonna have a bad year, or
1: well, there was a few teams that had a bad opening first game. So it wasn't obviously just the Bengals. You had the Giants struggled badly I said poor Andy from the franchise tag announced he was off to bed after three quarters because it was that bad for him. Like. And then you also had was it the Seahawks didn't exactly play particularly well. There was a few teams that you were going into going deep Steelers. 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 Yeah. yeah, they got mauled by the Niners. It's, you just hope that for some of these teams and it's week one blues. And these results do happen in week one. Um, even Kansas City didn't look, don't worry, I think that was more them not having a wide receiver could catch the ball. <laughs> than anything else, but I think it's going to be week one blip, surely.
2: I think that the Bengals as well. I mean, because we saw similar to last year, the fact that they they don't start their their um, their starters in preseason. That, that, that you know, these sort of games it takes time to build that sort of chemistry, um, and we saw how slow start they got off to next uh, last year. So I'm not, in, you know, I'm not worried about the Bengals. Particularly, I think, you uh, spoken about how talented they are, and the you know the, the the strength and depth that they have, particularly um, at the receiving core. But um, you know, it's it is interesting, you know, these week one sort of storylines about well, are the Bengals going to sort of drop off. I'm, I, I I don't know if, if if that's right. There's obviously the the AFC is incredibly talented. Now um, we'll come on to one team in, in, in a little bit, but I think it's going to be. More difficult for them to, to to stay, and it's becoming more difficult for, for for teams to stay in that championship window. So definitely want to keep an eye on, I think, in the next few weeks of the of the Bengals, see how um, particularly how that O line um, I think recovered mm-hmm. because you know it it, it looked very um, again similar to last year, it looked very disorganised, uh, and that ultimately hampered hampered Burrow. So mm-hmm. I'm confident they'll recover, but um, but yeah, we'll be interested to see how they get on.
0: Do you think that, uh, maybe not teams, but more fans, do you think it would be stupid of them now to see teams in the AFC, like the well, what I consider the two powerhouses of the, well, two of the three, well, no, three powerhouses <laughs> in the AFC, the Bills, the Chiefs and the Bengals all losing their opening game. Uh, like I said, from a fan perspective, they're all going to be like now, nah, well, this year could be our year, you know, go, go, these teams might not be as good as... Do you think, think organisations also feel that as well? They sort of look at our show and go out wow, in a minute. They're meant to be the three best teams in the AFC. They're, they're, we're, we're all wanting a first-round bye, which I know is a long way away, but we know in the NFL, every game counts, right?
1: So, I think it's sorry, I, I was going to say, I think it's organisations don't, fans do. I think organisations are a lot more savvy to what goes on. They see teams lose opening games that Championship teams do it all. I've done it time and time again. I'm pretty sure there's been a few years, like when Brady and the Pats were at their peak of their powers, they would lose an opening game. Now, is this the end of the Brady? It never was, was it? Um, but I think fan bases get a little bit more excited. Like Johnny's, set, for example.
2: I do think it sets, you know, it can set the pressure, obviously, I think, in the... In the, in the last couple of years, we've seen some teams start incredibly well and we've probably overhyped them, such as the Cardinals and see what sort of state they're mm-hmm. in now. Um, I think the Steelers did it, you know, a, a few years ago and not to disregard Pittsburgh, Freddie, but, you know, I wouldn't have put that Steelers team in the category of the, you know, the Chiefs and um, the Bills at the time. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think the opening <laughs> of, the, of the season creates... A new um, agenda and a new set of storylines, which are obviously very intriguing. But um, but yeah, until the Chiefs are, are knocked off the perch, um, yeah, I still think they're you know the the, the team to beat despite their um, their, their loss to, to the Lions. Um, but yeah, very interesting opening weekend and some some shock results. Um, I think that, that certainly we were expecting.
0: Well, we'll move back on to you, Johnny, because you're going to bring your own team to the table. That's not something we're going to do. We're not going to talk about the Steelers, the Patriots and the Jets week on week. Uh, We will talk about different topics and different things that happened over the weekend. However, one would woke up this morning, seeing that score and gone, wow, I mean, the Jets, What we knew they were going to, I can't believe they've won their opening game. They beat the Bills, divisional rival. And then they would have looked in more detail and realised they actually built the, beat the Bills without Aaron Rodgers as well. And they'd be like, well, wow, OK, Rodgers R- 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 had to go out the game. That's And we still beat the Bills. That's pretty impressive. And then you read more detail. Ah, oh, OK, so it was an Achilles thing with Aaron Rodgers. And it, oh, God, what, oh, I hope he's OK. It doesn't look good. I mean, the reports immediately when I looked on, um, when I woke up this morning were, They've gone for scans and it's not looking good. And then we've been reported today that Aaron Rodgers' Achilles injury out for the season. What is meant to be a joyous season, what has been one of the most talked about things in the off-season, like many of the great things in life has just come really crashing down back to reality, hasn't it, Johnny?
2: Uh, It was such an incredibly bittersweet feeling this morning, you know, having waited... Six, six to seven months to, you know, stay up and, and watch the first Jets game of the season. I was fully ready to to stay up for the whole game, going to work very late this uh, this morning with a big grin on my face that uh, Aaron Rodgers had, uh, had kicked off his, his career in New York with a with a big victory against the Buffalo Bills. But, you know, obviously so sad to see from, um, you know, Jets sort of point of view, you know, to see a guy who has been billed to be... Uh, no pun intended to build to be the you know the the guy that's going to change your fortunes and hopefully put you into championship contention. Not even for a completed pass on his debut, um, mm. and then you know talk about his his season being over. We don't even know if this is the end of his career. You know an Achilles injury that's in any sport that's that's going to take years. We you know years of uh, of, of, of recovery um, to to get back to your best. So. Incredibly disappointing. Obviously, we, we we got the win, which was you know, which is the, the main thing. But um, but to not see see Rogers um, uh, perform was, was 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 really disappointing. It's a, you know, it's such a classic things to happen to to the Jets. There have been um, you know, a franchise that has been you know, in in the wilderness and, and been laughed at for, for so long. This is meant to be our, our time to shine. But but yeah, like you say, we, we, we got the win. Um, Let's just let's just hope we can keep it together because the defense looked unreal. We've got some great talent around to support this position, which is the you know the big question mark now with, with Rogers
0: out. With um, with we'll, we'll start with more of the game to begin with um, because we'll go on to Aaron Rogers more in a moment, I suppose. But the game itself, like I, 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 Aaron Rogers' injury, is going to massively overshadow what was a very 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 solid performance. For the Jets and I mean a week one win against the Bills is no easy feat it was at MetLife I know that um, what a great what a great job they did by the way turn around games on the Giants and then back in at 4 in the morning to get it changed all up for the Jets I mean the stadium looked fantastic but uh, give me the positives of what you see or saw from the Jets in this game but maybe what, what we didn't see last season yeah absolutely I
2: think we, we know how good this defence is and I thought, you know, perhaps perhaps Stefan Diggs was able to get a bit better of uh, Source Gardner, but Quinn and Williams had an, an absolute monster of a game, I thought. It was completely disruptive. of um, uh, Josh Allen, um, we saw the uh, safety Jordan Whitehead pick up three interceptions. Um, yeah, I think everything's coming together for this pass rush. Um, Dermaine Johnson, a big shout out to him. He looked brilliant as well. Um, so, yeah, com- completely continuing from where we left off against, you know, one of the one of the better offences in the NFL. Um, it was great to see Brees Hall come back as well. That was a, a, a real positive because, I, I, you know, we we've, we know that he isn't completely 100% fit, but to be able to rack up 127 yards, even on that big 83-yard run play um you know we clearly saw that he wasn't able to hit top speed but still able to get downfield and you know he's getting back to his best which is which is brilliant obviously people like dalvin cook michael hardman were, were quite quiet throughout but um but yeah the young the young um the young stars that garrett wilson uh touchdown what yeah, a grab wow. of a, of a mm. you know what was a pretty poor pass um from wilson so Everything around the quarterback, I, th- I think, is 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 there. There's obviously going to be rusty little bits on, in week one, but you know, to finish off with a victory is 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 unbelievable. And you know, shout out to the undrafted rookie Xavier Gibson who um, who, who won the game in in, in overtime. But uh, yeah, I mean, you can't take anything away from from Zach Wilson either um, coming in in a game where obviously he didn't expect to play. I don't think he expected to be playing at all this season. Um, and you know, to be able to lead a team to victory, okay, it was you know quite a mixed bag, but there were some positive signs there to which we you know we spoke about beforehand. Um, so you know, the Rogers the injury is, is completely crippling. Um, for I think perhaps you know, fan morale, uh, maybe in the locker room as well. Um, we saw every you know, all the sort of players, um. Uh, Darvin Cook did an interview at halftime where he was, you know, bigging up um, Zach Wilson, came with Garrett Wilson, sort of uh, pitch side, but to lose, to lose an MVP winner uh, within five minutes of your, you know, your season, um, a guy who's a proven winner must be, must be so clipping to, to such a young team with, 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 with these sort of aspirations.
0: Sorry, you may hear me I usually, when I get in, give my cat 10 minutes of fuss and then come on here. <laughs> However, I've not had that 10-minute grace period this time, so she's coming to disturb me, but she's okay, I think. Anyway, um, uh, we'll talk about that Wilson in a moment, but um, Jordan Whitehead, three incredible reception uh, inceptions or three bad plays by Josh Allen? Um, I, I think. I, really like I know what the answer's going to be from you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: A, a, a little bit of both, I think. I think, you know, I've, I've not watched the full highlights of, of of Josh, but the the picks in particular, I think, certainly the I think it was the, the the first and the, the final one were, were, of course, his fault. Um, but um, yeah, I I don't know. It's for full Josh Allen experience because well, I decided to to trade from him in one of my um fancy drafts this year. Um, because I thought, here we go, this guy is um, he's, he's, he's next level and he's got to get it right from last year. There were so many criticisms about, um, you know, his turnover play. Um, I think yesterday was, was the second game of his career where he's given away four turnovers because of, you know, the fumble as well. Um, yeah, very disappointing. Um don't really know what else to say. Really, it's, it's 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 something that has been talked about so much, and and I think fortunately for him that's it's not going to be the main headline from this game. Um, obviously, I don't think that, that the Bills are, are, are going to move on for him at all in you know in the near future. But it, they've got to sort this thing out because we, we we spoke about in you know the preview shows about how the Bills championship window is is perhaps close to closing. Um, so they need to get something sorted this year, and to start off with the defeat is obviously um, a, a huge negative, negative. Um, and you know part of the reason for that were, you know, Josh Allen's inability to get it done even in overtime as well. You know the uh, the three and out punt which led straight to the the the, the Jets touchdown. So. Yeah, I completely think that that, that Allen um, has has played a big role in in the Bills not being able to to see out the game, particularly with you know the injury to Rogers and um, um, you know how, however however well the, the the Jets defense played, the the Bills had the chances and um, yeah they didn't take them.
0: I uh, we had a post out on uh, the franchise tag X slash Twitter handle uh, saying hot takes from week one. My response was uh that is out there as well so anyone go and find that and put your hot takes on there my response was this isn't the same zach wilson we've seen before i was very but i have to admit i've not watched the ending of the game i w- tried to watch as much as could this morning i've just not had time to be able to finish again but what are the uh, the full uh, fixture but the the bits i saw of zach wilson when he came in it very much felt to me that this isn't the same style of quarterback and the same quarterback that we've seen in previous years who has been really very very poor I felt he was sliding at the right times. He was throwing the ball away at the right times. He went for the risky plays and, and some of them paid off and some of them didn't. He played conservatively conservatively at good points. Um, I, I, am I giving him too, too, too much praise here, Johnny? Because, you know, you've watched the game in more detail and you've watched him historically a lot more. Um, do you think that Zach Wilson is capable of... of of carrying on the trajectory of this team. Obviously, it, 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 he is no Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to be a like-for-like replacement for Aaron Rodgers. Um, but do you think he's going to be the guy that now they turn to for the rest of the season?
2: I think you've got to give him credit, obviously, for, for being able to steer the team to victory. But <sighs> I don't know. I think too, too many occasions yesterday, yes, you, you can say it was positive that he wasn't throwing... Oh no, he's throwing away passes. You know, rather than trying to make a a, a big play. But you know, there was there was a couple of times. Obviously, the interception was a really bad read down the center of the field. There wasn't a receiver near. Um, I think Matt Molino, who who, who took the catch, um, his pass to to Garrett Wilson was pretty poor, and it was you know the the receiver had to do a, a hell of a lot to 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 convert it and uh, there was a couple of times where i was really nervous um <laughs> watched, watching him last night where he was zigzagging going backwards before being able to you know throw it away and um i think it was peyton manning as well i saw something this morning you know just the way he's you know he the anxiety that he gets from watching from watching Zach. It's a it's a real experience but Next week's going to be the big the big challenge for him against the Cowboys. Um, coming up with a game plan for that game against a team who were so dominant, um, mm-hmm. particularly on on, on defense um, la- uh, last week, is going to be a real challenge. You know, we've we, we've heard rumours that, that the Jets are already looking out for a free agency signing, but it's, it sounds that um, that um, yeah, uh, Salah and um, Joe Douglas are are going to be running with, with, with Wilson this year. I'm not sure who who I'd like to come in, um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think you'll have to ask me next week if, if Zach Wilson's going to be the guy. At the moment, yeah. I, I think the defence is good enough um, for us to, you know, make a challenge for the playoffs, but if we want to be, you know – Anywhere nearer to, to 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 winning the division, I think. need some and, and strength at um, quarterback. I think, you know, potentially trading for someone. I, I'd love to go really, really rogue and go for someone like Jameis or you know, <laughs> yeah. Just, 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 oh, just. Carson you Wentz. Know, Carson Wentz was getting around earlier. Carson Wentz. Yeah, I mean that would be another anxious experience. But, uh, but yeah, we know, yeah. we know what he can do. We know what he can do on this day.
1: Yeah, and the other thing I think that, to be fair though, the difference I think this year from last year is that, not, don't get me wrong, I think Zach did play well. I think that this year though, you've got a running back room that you can lean on this year a lot more. The Dalvin Cook and Hall together is a good combination, good one, two punch. I think most teams would be happy with that. So you may see them moving more towards the running game and and then maybe run off some play actions off the back of that yeah. kind of stuff. So that would open it up a little bit more, bit more screens than just going deep downfield and hope for the best a little bit.
2: I'd, ab- I'd absolutely love that. I think that um, that's exactly
0: I'm- that's exactly the game plan I thought Detroit Lions had.
2: Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah.
0: Same game plan. Every 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 play was pretty much run, and if it wasn't run, there was there was the occasional deep like um, sit in the pocket and throw. But for the most part, it was play action run.
2: I, I just hope that Nathaniel Hackett can um, can, can see that as well. If that's I think that's what's making me nervous is Zach Wilson being put into you know the, the, the Rogers offense. I don't think works, um, but. Yeah. I mean, last season we saw he couldn't even make those sort of plays in you know, on the screens and um, you know, the the, the shutdowns to the 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 running backs. Um but I think we do have we are leaning towards more of that you know sort of style of things with some of the personnel that we have with you know receiving receivers like uh McCole Hardman, um, Randall Cobb as well. So, you know, short passes rather than taking deep balls. Um we know the talent that we have if we need to do that um with with lazard when how good he was um you know coming up quite physical and obviously garrett wilson's a great um great pair of hands but yeah we just need to we just need to alter alter everything now um and uh yeah let's see what let's see what the the cowboys brings but at the moment um it's it's you know obviously all about reacting to the the Rogers news, um, and I think you've got to take that a little bit with a pinch of salt when it comes to you know predictions for for how the Jets will finish. You know, we're basing it all on on Zach Wilson's previous performances. That's completely been taken away. I think from from last night's game, uh, we want to know. So we're you know we're moving in the right direction. If we can just continue that, then hopefully we'll be all right.
1: Just do better than the other New York team against Dallas.
2: That's all I ask. Can't get much worse, can it? It
0: cannot. It's like six Um, I (laughs) (laughs) Right, uh, it's on to me. Uh, So, uh, awesome talking about the Bengals and the Jets. And I'm going to go to the Steelers game. However, I'm not going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers too much. I'm going to talk about one player in particular. And I think this player is the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL at the minute. And that is Brandon Ayuk. He had a phenomenal game against the Steelers. He went for eight eight targets, eight receptions, 129 yards for two touchdowns. Last year, he went over 1,000 yards, 1,015 for eight touchdowns. Previous two years, 826 and 748, both four, five touchdowns. Sorry, my phone's here with the the stats on there. And I I, I think he can do this all. And when I was uh, coming home, I was sort of thinking, what do we compare him to that we that is present in the NFL now. And in my mind, brain, I sort of looked at Calvin Ridley, because Ridley in Atlanta was the number two guy behind Julio and didn't maybe, he went under the radar, but always got thousand-yard seasons, always racked up the touchdowns, but was not the premier name within that offense. Everything everything, all happens with Atlanta and everything like that. I think we all knew it was going the way of Calvin May eventually pip to the number one spot and he'd be the number one wide receiver. All the things happen with him that he's now become number one wide receiver this year. For well, he's been signed by the Jags, and everyone's a little bit like, Well, he's gonna have to fight with Christian Kirk for that number one spot. I think we saw that from the first game that he's very secure with maybe getting that number one spot, though. Christian Kirk was quiet in that game. I think Kirk has still got potential this year to still have a 1,000-yard year. I think there's every potential for both of them. Receivers will go for a 1,000 yards and around five-plus touchdowns for, for, for both of them. Um, I think the same thing could be said for Brandon Ayuk. Um, I think Brandon Ayuk in any other team could be an, a number one wide receiver. Um, it's just that Debo Samuels in the way in name of him because Debo is such a diverse um, player. You know We've seen him line up as running back. He plays on the outside. He can play in the slot as well. But Ie oh, was just was just phenomenal against the Steelers defense, and they just didn't know which way to go with him. Yes, the Steelers defense could have done better, and on a different day, they maybe could have done better against him. But watching him in this game, he could, he could just find the space. He's he's big. He's strong. He's physical. He he gets involved in every play. Yeah, well. He's consistent with his catching ability. Uh, eight targets, eight receptions. Didn't drop one once. His run, um, run after the catch is is great as well. Um, he, he's just so underrated, I think, in my opinion. And when um, we talk about the big names of wide receiver around the league, you know, the Justin the Jamar Chase's, and you know, the, there's the number one guys, and then there's the number two guys. Well, I, I think Ayuk is at the top of these number two guys. I think this could be his season where he sort of puts his stamp on it and goes, no, I'm the number one wide receiver here. Devo can line up and do all these things and and he's very, very capable of doing that. Absolutely very capable of doing that. And that, this is not me saying Debo Samuel is a bad wide receiver either because he is a very good wide receiver. But IU can certainly go and take the number one spot this year and can even put himself in the conversation to maybe being one of the number one wide receivers this year. It always depends on how the San Francisco 49ers offense goes and, and, and how well Brock Purdy played. And again, the Steelers handed them a lot. In this game, they were not good against the 49ers. It'll be interesting when they come up against a team that has a defense that turns up on the day. Um, but everyone's, uh, me included, said that the variable was going to be Brock Purdy. How well can Brock Purdy play? Brock Purdy play, play fantastic, and if he can keep up that consistency throughout the whole year, Brandon Ayuk is going to definitely surpass over a thousand yards, even maybe hit to 1,200 yards, and I think could equally do the eight to, eight to ten touchdown mark this year. Um, fancy owners of him are going to be so besotted with how well this guy is going to play this year, and I, I think he's got all the tools and all the elements there to be able to to really cement himself as a top top wide receiver. Um, and I think he's incredibly underrated amongst amongst a lot of people. And uh, he his ceiling this year, I think he is going to smash it because he can really he could really hit the heights of being a, a top top guy this year. Oh, you're on mute, Gareth. I'm just going to
1: unmute you. One second, I'll
0: unmute. don't you. know why
1: I'm mute. No, it's okay. it's I don't okay. know why I'm muted, but yeah. Uh, um, the problem he has, I think, it's not a problem for him, in effect, or for the, him to get in starter. I think it's because he is overshadowed a little bit by the other weapons he's got. As you mentioned, Debo. Debo's, I wouldn't even call him a wide receiver anymore. I'd call him a utility back because he can be that running back. And then you've got CMC who does the same. He can. Is primarily a running back, but how often does he break into a uh, as a cat to, for a catch for a receiver to like go up and score? I think that whole offense together is just that explosive when it works. And as you mentioned, there's a lot on Brock Purdy, who was quite a young quarterback to get that sorted. But yeah, I think it's just gonna be an interesting dynamic this season
0: exactly right. He is definitely going to get overshadowed. I'm just going to try and pull up the actual play-by-play stats and hopefully the highlights don't pop off and uh, we get all that audio. Okay, good. 49ers. There we go. Yeah, so so Debo Samuel got five receptions, 55 yards. Kittle, three, uh, three receptions, 19. McCaffrey, three receptions for 17. Are you clearly his go-to guy? I mean, I, I, well, his go-to guy. Well, go-to guy, really. Christian McCaffrey, twenty-two attempts, one hundred and fifty yards, and a, a touchdown on the rushing side. The 49ers have been a run-first team for ages. We know that they've been, they've made every single running back look incredible because they are a run-first team. But they are going to need that number one guy. And and like I said, Debo is this utility guy. Kittle is is a great receiving tight end. But everyone always says, you know, Kittle and Kelsey. Well. Kelsey's the receiving tight end. He is the best re- receiving tight end in, in history for, for that matter. Kittle, though, is a very competent, skilled, good receiver and a run after the catch freak. He his blocking is also a massive part of his game. And that's where the argument of best wide the best tight end in the league between Kelsey and Kittle, I suppose, is comes down to is who's the more complete tight end. I would say Kittle, who's the better performance by performance receiver, is probably, probably Kelsey. And then McCaffrey as well, like I said, is, is that is again a utility guy next to Debo Samuel, who, who's a great runner, but is also a, a, a pass catching back as well. I just think for out and out wide receiver, Brandon Ayuk is that guy. And the space he just, the space he, and, and that's maybe why he also gets that space, because you've got Kittle, you've got Debo, you've got McCaffrey. He is the fourth guy, isn't he, on this team? And he will get forgotten about and and teams will not, they won't press him as hard as maybe they well, I think they will now because I've seen his performance this week and also what he did last season. I think he's getting more notoriety that they need to shut him down. But, but I just think that there is a lot of mouths to feed in San Francisco. I admit that. And we may see a week where this is Debo's stat line rather than Brandon Ayuk's. But I, I, I don't think it will be. I think it, I think Debo, Debo very much said the other season, I'm through with doing this utility role i don't think the 49ers are free with it i think they're more than happy to keep going with that
2: yeah 100 i think um i think like you say that the the uh, Ayo is, is completely stepped up to being, uh, you know, the number one receiver in there. And I think what he did so well on specific, well, specifically from from what I saw against the Steelers was he just made his his, his route looking look so easy and um, was able to get around. And you know, Brock Purdy showed, you know, he's making even better throws, but it wasn't incredibly hard. I don't think for 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 him because because I was just making it. You know, so easy. What did he total? Was it you know, 100 and close to 150 yards um, on Sunday? Um, uh, yeah, 29. easy. Yeah, 129. So you know, what an incredible start that is for um, you know the season. I completely back. I think he's gonna have a a breakout and he's gonna you know continue to be um, one of Brock Purdy's um, you know favorite um, mm-hmm. favorites uh, targets uh, for the rest of the year. So. I mean, the the, the 49ers look such, such a complete team on both sides of the ball. Um, mm-hmm. and it's their offence that, you know, we've, we've had question marks primarily because of, of Purdy. But if if new players like, well, not necessarily saying Ayuk's a new player, but is in, you know, he's, he's emerged in the last year and he's looking to take that next step mm-hmm. this year, um, you know, to help Purdy, then, you know, they're going to be such a, a, a force to reckon with in, in the NFC. And I'm, I'm sure Gareth's uh, got, a few, got a few nerves going.
1: <laughs> it's it's not just them, though, because Dallas looked ridiculous. Their offence didn't, obviously, with their defence. And I think that's what's scary about the 49ers. It's both sides of the ball. Like, that defensive unit is a shutdown defensive unit when it wants to be. They've just paid someone a lot of money to make sure that that happens week in, week out. Um, that offence just looks as you mentioned, all the weapons that are there, there's not many teams that can say they've got elite running backs, um, two top-class wide receivers and a top-class tight end. There's not many teams that have that. And
0: and probably the best left tackle, one of the best left tackles in the league, if not the best.
1: Yeah. And that's where I think that my comparable is I think that, that the Eagles, I think, are quite similar. Other than the fact, I think we looked horrific week one, and I think that doesn't help. That I thought that we looked bad week one, and then yeah, I I saw the Forty ers earlier, just completely destroy Steelers' defense that I thought was going to be good this year. Don't get me wrong; I think TJ tried his hardest, bless him, but <laughs> there's only so much that he could do. But that was what was scary for me.
0: Most no- notably, though, there is a lot of new faces on the Steelers' defense. You know, like our linebacking core is completely. And Landon Roberts, I thought, was pretty good. Um, uh, Cole Holcomb didn't quite turn up. Patrick Peterson didn't look on the button. Um, we didn't see. We didn't see any of Jerry Porter from what I remember. Jerry Porter, I don't think even even played a snap. I could be wrong on that, but I was trying to find his number the whole time. Same with Broderick Jones. I don't really know what's going on with that. Why we're not starting these rookies? Because I, you know. I- I want to see them. Um, and after watching the 49 I have to say, outside of a Steelers player, my favourite player in the NFL on the defensive side is Fred Warner. I mean, dude, that guy just flies around the place. I mean, it might be close to second to their safety. who I, I, is it Hafunga, his surname? I can never remember how to pronounce it. But um, them two are just... I'm going to have to look it up now because I don't want to butcher his name, bless him. Um Toloni Hufanga, yeah, Toloni Hufanga. It, them two, wow, they just they just solidify every era. I mean, I, I've always loved the middle linebacker position because I like, I would see it as the centre mid. I see it like the centre mid role, like you're the eyes and ears. You know what I mean? Like you're the distributor in a way. It's a bit like the quarterback for the, it's the quarterback for the defence, isn't it? The, the middle linebacker. And I think Fred Warner was just the top one. In 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 the whole of the NFL to do that, he's so so switched on, and that I think he's the highest paid middle linebacker. From what I can remember it in the league, and that's certainly yeah. why. um with Forty Nine ers team with, with the Nick? Just touch briefly on that Nick Bosa contract. They haven't they got like I don't know what the this isn't right and in the right order. It was a tweet I saw, but haven't they got the, the highest paid defensive end, the highest paid middle linebacker, the highest paid running back, the like the third highest paid wide receiver? The, the first paid... Le- Where's this money? Is this is this them saying this is our Super Bowl window? And we're going for it.
1: It's everyone else is on a rookie deal and therefore getting paid pittance. That's basic because yeah. you got Brock and Purdy at quarterback.
0: And they've hit
1: with it as well. Like you got Brock Purdy at quarterback. who was the seventh round last pick. What is his salary going to be for his rookie deal? It's going to be next. I say next to nothing. It's more than we're going to earn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in a few years, you know what I mean? But at the same point, it, for NFL, it's going to be not a lot. And that's what it's going to be. It's going to be they are utilizing these young players, late round picks, who have all hit. And that's what teams need. They need that kind of cheap talent to go round these very, very expensive pieces. And that's what they've got. And that's
0: find his base salary. Jeez. On. <laughs> base salary is
1: 870
0: wow like that's nothing nothing is it nothing and i mean brandon allen's getting paid more than him i mean after bonuses and stuff like that i can imagine maybe it's probably not but like man they, they, they just the money's going to run out obviously but they, when you mm-hmm. when we talk about you know we talked about the bills earlier whose windows closing like don't you think the 49ers have done more than the Bills have with their window?
2: Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I I, I I do worry. I think that, that, you know, Gareth said that, the you know, the, obviously they're paying their, their starters and they've got, you know, this abundance of talent at starter. Mm. But where the Eagles, I think, differ is is they've got so much strength in depth across the board, a couple of injuries to the 49ers that like we saw a couple of years ago could really hamper them. If, you know, Nick Bosa picks up an injury, then who's going to be there? Their star, you know, edge rusher. I don't see anyone um, really there. Um, again, you can say that about the offensive line as well. Um, you know, a couple of injuries, and obviously we've brought Purdy in there, then. You know, that's that's going to completely change the season. And it did a few years ago where they saw them, you know, pick up only, you know, a a few, what was it, about five or six wins um, uh, in their division. So, you know, that's my my only concern about the 49ers because I think they look the most complete of any team um, on week one. Um, If they can stay healthy, then, you know, I fully expect them to be be pushing um, right at the top because Brock Purdy looks improved. Um, but yeah, it's just all about, about staying fit and I think, you know, that can work in, in, in different ways, I think, for for some teams.
1: And to fair the Eagles demonstrated that in the fourth quarter. We were able to bring Fletcher Cox on, who had not played many snaps all game and he had back to back big plays and ended the game. It's where we have that flexibility to go, okay, Fletcher Cox is getting old. Okay, you can have minimal snaps, but then when he does come on, he's hungry and wants to destroy people. And then the game gets ended, um, and that's where I think that. But as but I think if they can stay fit, I'm I can't see us touching the 49ers this year. Could be first wow. game hype though.
0: <laughs> Could be first game hype. Overreaction <laughs> Tuesdays, not overreaction, overreaction That's the first time I've heard Gav saying that the Eagles can be beat by by somebody really. So that's quite an admission that he has a high a high. Uh, Hi bar set for the 49ers there. Um, Gareth, thank you very much for joining us this evening for covering for Sky. Johnny, thank you again for joining us. Thank you all for watching. We've got lots more content coming your way. Our fantasy clips are out there now. Um, make sure you go on social media to find them. We'll have betting stuff later on in the week. And obviously, we'll be here weekly for your enjoyment. Enjoy the rest of the week. Get your eyes on the waiver wire. Week one's over. We've got a long season to go.